Let's bring in our first guest of the day, Ms. Tracy Roman, joining us here picture in picture as we get set to bring you this very special dolphin dive. Tracy, how are we doing? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing well and and happy to happy to have you here, happy to continue to tell the story. So, you know, first and foremost, I do want to let people know how much of a trooper you are today to have the team get back a little bit after midnight and you are ready to go. You got the Lemoyne gear on, ready, set, and uh, and you know I can't tell. You told me I wouldn't have told. I I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known at all. So you texted me last night, said we're going to get in a little bit after midnight, and yet here you are this morning, ready and probably more happy and you know pepped up for the day than most people that are sitting here on a Wednesday. You know, <laughs> so I, I I give you a lot of credit for getting on the show this morning. I appreciate it very much. Well, we really appreciate the opportunity and we're just very grateful for your, you know, your willingness to highlight our, our program here at Lemoyne Softball. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it and I appreciate everything that you're doing in the in the work that you're putting forward. You and I had a conversation, like I said, toward the beginning of the season and we're taking a look at where the team was then. And, you know, to kind of give an update of, of where you feel like the team is now in the maturation process and whatnot, like I said, at 27 games, 12 and 15, the record. Uh, right now, you've had some conference games here, and uh, we're going to break down different pieces of it. But I'd love to get your thoughts coming off of your most recent trip to uh, Southern New Hampshire and St. Anselm before that, both in conference and just kind of where you feel like the team is currently. You know, the team is battling, and, and what's deceiving about our record or the win-loss column at times is it doesn't always tell the whole story. The NE10 is a tough, tough conference for Division II softball. And um, the way our schedule is put together, uh, we open up with some of the toughest opponents um, in our conference. So, you know, I, would I like to come out with a few more wins than we did? Absolutely. But the team is battling. We're, we're hitting the ball really well. Um, we're holding our own against some teams that are there in the regional tournament every single year. Uh, so I, I'm pleased at the way we're battling. It's, it's really in this conference, it's, you know, you got to get enough wins along the way to, to make it to the end, but it's not really how you start. It's more how you finish and you want to get your group playing well at the right time, which is, you know, by the end of this month. Yeah. You know, and, and you said, you know, you want to get your group playing well by the end of, of this month. So here we are at the beginning of April. What are some of the pieces that you think need to fall into place right now that you've seen maybe reoccurring with the team that you believe between now and then can be set and ready to go by the end of the month? I think um, looking across the board in the NE10, it seems like every team has one solid pitcher um, that's you know has a lot of experience and kind of wherewithal in the circle. Uh, we're no different there. We do have a couple youngsters that are throwing. Michaela Stockwell is, you know, uh, a junior by class, but a redshirt sophomore as far as how much she's thrown. And Julia Panarella, of course, is a sophomore. And we're trying to iron out the best way to get the most out of the two of them um, by combination or, you know, if one's going to throw the second game for us and close whatever. So we're, we're still trying to iron out which – you know, what is the best way to utilize the two of them? Yeah. Michaela had a, an outstanding outing yesterday uh, against Southern New Hampshire. We didn't come up 
with the wins. We did hit the ball hard, but nothing nothing came from it. We, we couldn't find the holes in their defense. But I am seeing progress with both of them, and I'm, I'm confident that, you know, in the coming weeks here, they're going to be a combined force to be reckoned with. So I think that's that's the biggest thing. And, you know, our hitting has been pretty solid yeah. um, from the beginning to now. So we just got to keep that going and, and continue to find ways to manufacture runs. You know, and, and, and like you said, you know, you could hit the ball, but you got to find gaps and, and holes in the defense and whatnot. The strategy of that, what do you do, you know, kind of coaching wise to speak on the direction of the hit? Because I feel like there's nuances and pieces to things that you don't talk about a lot, right? You want to hit the ball and hit it with power and do this, that, and the third, but you have to also directionally kind of know where their weaknesses are and their gaps. And, and I'd love to go a little bit deeper into that because. Like I said, there's an art to the dance. Well, I, I think the difference in conference play versus like the first 20 something games we play in our non-conference schedule is everybody's got a chart out on you um, in conference. You know, there's kind of a book on your team, on your hitters, and that's kind of a learning curve for some of our youngsters. So if you go out the first couple of weekends in conference and you're chasing high pitches, you can, you know, sure as heck bet that you're going to see some more high pitches. Hmm. So yeah. it's it's getting them to understand that, you know, like yesterday, the second game of Southern New Hampshire, I, I think we only had two hits, but we had quality at bats. And I think that's what you got to get them to focus on. And this game can really get in your head if you let it. Um, sometimes you hit the ball great and you have nothing to show for it. And that was the case in yesterday's game. So it's just getting, getting them to focus on that versus the statistics. Um hitting will go in cycles. So it's just keeping keeping a positive mindset. It's not about reinventing the wheel with their mechanics at this point. It's getting them to feel the best they can with the swing they have and get them to make good decisions at the plate. That coming here from Tracy Roman this morning in this special Dolphin Dive. You know, the Dolphin time is every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern time, and we go into Dolphin Dive with head coaches as well as coaching staff, student athletes, uh, future Dolphins, administration, and alumni, and here with Tracy for Lemoyne College softball. When you look back on this season up to this point, because I know we've talked about the last couple series here, but is there a, a game or two or a series or two since the time that we talked that you really felt like you saw, you know, progress or something developmental that, that came through? Because I know you played a lot of, you know, out of conference games and, and you played a lot of teams that are ranked nationally that we spoke about a little bit of. But is is there a moment or two where you really felt like the team turned in the right direction? Yeah, I think yesterday was that day, to be honest with you. Okay. you know, Bentley, we suffered a really bad loss. It was probably the only loss I've had in my collegiate coaching career where I wanted to climb under a rock after and hide. I mean, we were going into the seventh with a 5 nothing lead, and, and we sort of snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, if you will. And uh, that was tough. And then to drop two to St. A's, I think the hardest thing about our game is we play so many games in, in such a short amount of time with no practices in between when you're playing those four-game series. And to bounce back yesterday after not having a great outing against St. A's and to see those bats kind of wake up, yeah. you know, it's like they're, they're in there. They're in there, even if we have a day or two where we struggle. But, you know, I, I think our program is in a place where – you know, we have to turn that corner where we believe that we can beat these top, you know, these perennial top teams at the uh, top end of the conference. And yesterday was the first time we beat Snoo since I've been here. So um, that's a big deal, even though, again, our record right now, one in five in conference doesn't reflect 
where we want to be. Yesterday was a really big turning point to be down four nothing and to come back and win five four or eight four nine four, nine nine five. I don't remember what the score was. <laughs> it never feels like enough, but um, was a big deal. It really was. And then we battled in the second game. The, the second game, you know, is something I would call a, a good loss if there is one. Yeah. The kids battled. We had good at bats. We had solid pitching. We just came up on the short end of the stick. So it's learning to find a win, find a way to win those games, and and we'll you know. But I, I do believe we're on the right track. You know, and, and for you, like you said, I mean, this is the first time that you've beaten Snoo since you came in. You and I were talking about how unique your story has been and, and that some, you know, there are some coaches around the country that have had to, to do it similarly. But the uniqueness of the fact that not a lot of people can say, and thankfully, that, oh, yeah, you know, I started coaching around the time that there was a pandemic. And, you know, I, I had to recruit virtually and I couldn't play games and, and whatnot. So what, from the moment that you came in to now, it's kind of hard to, to, to assess a season. And I've talked to coaches from all different sports. How do you assess everything that happened within, you know, really two years? And when a coach is like, oh, I'm a three, you know, I'm three years in or four years in, but, but does this year really count? You know, how, how have you adjusted to that and and do you feel like it's gone away at this point does does it feel normal again do you still feel like in a way you're kind of chasing to get back to a place that you would have been if not for the pandemic how, how do you kind of view that as a leader I think we're all different I think we've all been changed by the pandemic yeah I do think there are things that um these student athletes and, and the crop of student athletes that will be coming in for years to come are learning to mad manage. I think, um, you know, every kid has a year of uh, like an academic gap yeah. in their education from what happened in COVID. None of us were prepared to be teaching virtually. And for that reason, I think people did the best they could, but there are certainly gaps in education. And the other thing that I think I've seen impact these kids from a mental health standpoint is we went from being all locked up not being able to talk with people, you know, we're taking classes from our computers, yeah. you know, we're eating during, we're eating our, our meals <laughs> during those classes. Maybe we get to go to practice, maybe not. So the logistics of what you do in college athletics was really shut down. So kids, um, you know, freshmen, sophomore who are now junior seniors, went a year, almost two, where they didn't have to manage the true logistics of what a college athletic program is, as far as getting to class in person, going to get a meal, in person, yeah. getting your stuff to practice and going all over the place. And that was, I found to be very overwhelming. I do think we're closer yeah. um, to where we were, but I don't think it'll ever be the same. I think these kids are changed. I think adults were changed as, as human beings and we're doing the best we can, but I try to be sensitive of what everybody endured during those few years. Yeah. I mean, and you brought up a great point that it's not just about the game, right? I mean, it's it, people had, connection taken away from them like going to going to the dining hall and eating together you know so i mean it's not that you're it's not that they had a year take it's kind of like everybody had a season ending injury right so you know it's like the whole team had a season ending injury but on top of all of that you're trying to have 
team bonding and team connection that you can't have, right? So there, there's that side to it. There's there's the human side to it, the interaction side to it. There's the learning each other side to it and understanding each other. So there's so many things that go beyond the game that go into, you know, being away from school, being away from people, being away from your teammates, having new teammates and adjusting to each other. So, I mean, essentially it, it, it had a lot of a, a negative effect. Did you find a positive effect? You know, I know you're a silver lining person. You have quotes all throughout your office. So, you know, has there been a silver lining? I think there has. I think, you know, no matter what you do or what walk of life you come from, we all realized how quickly something could be taken away from us. And there was sort of this process of, okay, if I don't have my sport, who am I as a person, as a human being? Because this is, that was, you know, I identify partially by the sport I play and what I do. And so there was this process of let's figure out, you know, other things we're interested. I had kids that got into sewing. I had kids that got into meditation and hiking. And so that was interesting. I think some of the good that came out of it is it really hit some of us smack dab in the face that we have to know who we are when sport comes to an end, because it can end that quickly with an injury, you know, pandemic, hopefully that doesn't happen again, but um, it forced us to kind of figure out who we are as human beings and what are some of what, what other things are interesting to us that we can carry over and, and use as we try to cope moving forward and is stress relief because there was high anxiety during that time. And I think that's some of the good that came out of it, learning learning just a little bit more about ourselves and becoming a little bit self-reliant. Pat Coleman here from Tracy Roman with us in this Dolphin Dive edition, live on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora with the LeMoyne Dolphins head softball coach. Tracy, to take a look at women's athletics in general, over the weekend, women's basketball had an incredible stage. Fantastic games, fantastic people. The game was played at 3.30 in the afternoon. On the West Coast, that's 12.30. The men's game was played at 9.20, and what do they typically say? Why? Because we want the West Coast to be home. Well, if that's the case, then nobody cared about the people eating brunch, going to church and temple and all that stuff on the West Coast. We've come a long way in certain ways with women's athletics, but we haven't in other places. I've had people mention to me when we've talked about college basketball that, hey, we get to see softball. There's more softball games on. So where are we in the world of collegiate athletics when it comes to women's sports? And how do you feel despite it? I mean, I know it's not a softball game, but to see a championship game nationally be ousted from primetime so that they could show a Texas Rangers game three games into a 162-game season. Yeah, I go back and forth with this issue, and I feel the same way sort of about the Super Bowl, too. I don't know if that late primetime is a great advantage. I I had one of my friends made a a comment uh, on their Facebook the day after the Men's National Championship and just said, does anybody know the score of the game? I'm usually in bed by 3 a.m., on weeknights you you know what I mean so you know I don't think I don't know if I'm a huge proponent for prime time I certainly know there's more money there but like I also feel like you do take the advantage of visibility for the younger children younger kids who play the sport to have that visibility to watch the game you know I'm a mom I know when my kids are 9 10 11 12 years old they're not staying up till midnight 
And, and I think that's kind of a shame too for us East Coasters. You know, I know it's, it doesn't affect the West Coast as much. So listen, I think we've come a long way. I think we're leaps and bounds ahead of where we used to be. And there is sort of an attitude that, well, women's sports has more than they used to. We should kind of just be happy with that. But no, there are, there are some differences. As far as the times though on TV, I'm not sure what the answer is because I do think we missed the opportunity with the younger generations when we put the game so late. So I think there's a happy medium there somewhere. No matter what you do, it's not going to please everybody. Somebody's going to be disappointed and upset. But yeah, there's still there's still quite a gap there with a lot of things, not just you know TV coverage and prime time and all that. But um, we've gotten better, but there's still plenty of work to be done. As a coach of of a program. And seeing, obviously, you know, I, I guess your your no your best parallel would be to say, okay, what does baseball get compared to what is what does softball get when we're going somewhere, when there's an event, when there's a tournament, be it food, be it a place to work out, be it the hotel that you're put in, whatever. You say that obviously there's there's still a lot of work to be done. Where do you feel like softball is as far as amenities? and overall treatment of the game where are we and and where can we go i think uh you know we're always fighting for more i know a big deal uh over the last couple of years was for the women's college world series the men's was spread over a series of a number of days with women's it was like survival of the fittest get it in and, and be done with it as fast as you can and and it begs the question of why yeah. Um, why do the men, why are they afforded the opportunity to play a game, have a rest day? You, you know what I mean? Where women are like, you play today, you play tomorrow, you play the next day. It's like, you know, it's really a, a truly a survival of the fittest. Now the, on the women's end, they have extended that now um, to make the tournament format more similar to what the men's is. So there's progress there. But, you know, it's really hard because... I feel like I'm certainly aware of differences as a head coach. I don't think we see a ton of difference at LeMoyne specifically. I think different in institutions, when you go play places, you can look at, you know, what baseball has versus what softball might have, and you definitely see some of the differences. But um, as a coach, all you can do is, you know, bring these situations to your administration gently. But I also think it's important. There's a difference between complaining yeah. and coming to the table with a solution yeah. of how maybe we can improve some things. I think it's easy, you know, and again, we look at these things like it's a no brainer. People should just take care of them. And that's just not how the world works. So I think it's important to find a creative way to work together with your administration and with your institution to kind of, you know, make that gap a little bit smaller, but uh, yeah, you definitely see differences in, in facilities and whatnot. But uh, at the end of the day, as a coach, you have to focus on the things that can help you win. So you certainly have to choose your battles. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is at this point. Like I said, it's, it's for me more about coming to the table with creative solutions to help move things in, in a forward direction. Yeah, no. And, and I love, I love what you said because you know, you and I, Obviously, uh, we've spoken before and we have a lot of similarities. And I'd say all the time, you can, <laughs> you can, you can focus on the problem for a minute, but then you have to focus the rest of the day on the solution. Some people just scream about the problem, but the problem is the problem. And, you know, we all have that friend or that family member that calls you every day and tells you the same problem. And you say, what's the solution? And they just want to talk about the problem. I said, well, you just want to complain. I don't want, I don't want to hear it. You know, what do we, what can we do to make it better? What can we do to change it? 
And what you just said is the same thing that college basketball has had to deal with is rushing. Like you said, the, the softball, get it in as quick as you can. And, and that's not fair. Number one, it's not fair on the body. And, you know, and, and you could see teams win just because another team is a little more fatigued. And so, you know, I, I don't think that that's necessarily fair by, by any stretch of the imagination. But like you said, we find solutions and we move forward. So, you know, you have two fantastic athletes coming up in just a few minutes. Speaking on moving forward, we have Mackenzie Bergdahl, your first baseman, who's going to be with us. And we have Laura Bennett, one of your pitchers. So I would love for you to tell me, Mackenzie and Laura, why why are they here today? Why are they on the show? Why are they representing softball and LeMoyne in general? I think uh, one of the greatest things about having the opportunity to be a college coach is you are you have the opportunity to really witness and be part of the growth process, a very critical growth process that people go through um, during their four-year undergraduate, while they're getting their four-year undergraduate degree. And the growth process, I've watched the two of these go, two of these uh, young ladies go through uh, from their freshman year to where they are now uh, has just been astounding. You know, the maturity I've seen and, and how they've grown both in the classroom academically on the field, uh, in their own game, and as leaders on our team. I, I, I chose them personally. I, I think they're great ambassadors for our program, but also they're two of our fiercest competitors out there. Yeah. Um, I don't have to question day-to-day -day what this means to them or what their level of investment is. These are two people that really compete on the field. They compete in life. And I just, you know, they're very aligned with what – I was or felt like I was as an athlete and now a coach. And I think they really represent the mission of our program, both on and off the field. And when you look at that, what is the mission of this program in your hands? What is LeMoyne softball? We're hoping to develop total people. Yeah, we want to win. I mean, I, I just think, you know, I say to the team every day, you know, whenever we're talking about what our goals are for the day, even no matter how many times <laughs> you go over it, people say, you know, they want to win. It's like, well, everybody wants to win. There's going to be a sure winner, a sure loser. Yeah. But it's staying in the process and competing no matter how many times you get kicked down. Because in a season of 50, 60 games, you're not going to have an undefeated season. It's just, it's very, very rare in our game. And you're going to go through, you know, stints of losing four or five, six games in a row. And you've got to be able to pick yourself up and keep fighting. And I think that parallels with life. You know, life is not easy. We all experience death, grief, illness, job losses, lack of money. I mean, the list goes on and on. And you can't roll over and die when those things happen. The only person that's going to save you is you. So really the mission of our program is to, you know, certainly practice gratefulness and be appreciative for the opportunities and the things we have, but also learn how to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and, yeah. and keep moving, especially uh, through the face of adversity. Yeah, you know, and... And like you said, I mean, there, there's so many things that are going on beyond, right? Beyond the typical. And, and, I, and I, I think that people forget that. People, you know, you're a student, you're an athlete, you're also a human. You know, you also need human interaction. You need to have time to yourself. You need to have peace. You got to take care of your body. You got to sleep. You know, you, you have to do some things that calm you down. So what do you do with this team that during the season are exercises of kind of a, a return to their center. 
Is it is it music? Is it you know family night? And you guys go out and do something. What are because I know that there's some things that have been done, but your team for people that don't know, they're so supportive of you and of each other, and they've gone out to. I mean, I, I remember sitting there with with the AD Bob Beretta, and we were at a basketball game, and you were going on the air, and so you go over to get on the air, you put your headset on. And the team comes over, the entire team, and sits behind you in the bleachers in silence and listens to you and is like clapping and supporting you. And I remember looking at Bob and going, now that's a team. So why are you all like that? And what things do you do during the season to like maybe bring everybody back? If, if, if there's stress and adversity and things going on, what, what do you do as a coach to kind of say, okay, you know what? We practiced, we did this, we did that. Now let's, let's you know, come over to the house and let's let's have some dinner or something like that. What do you do for the team? Yeah, I, I wish I could wrap it up in a package and make it sound like it's one small thing, but it's, you know, we try to take it as it comes, really. I, I know I've implemented in our hitting circuit, there's like a stretching and um sort of a flexibility station now because I think we need to take time to take care of our bodies. Yeah. They, they know that um, they can have a mental health day whenever they need it. I think that's important. I think as adults in our regular jobs, sometimes we need to just take a day and especially with all the travel that we do to be able to just focus on school or whatever. And they don't abuse it. I mean, when they, when they ask for one or say they need one, I, I just tell them like, it's no different than the stomach bug or, or whatever else. If you are in that of a, a condition mentally and really need a day to get things together i don't have a problem with that because i think that's just a, the human element of, of life and yeah. um, i think we have to normalize that a little bit but one thing i know this team has learned a great deal of we have suffered a massive amount of loss on my team in in the four years i've been there there's been several suicides anywhere from parents to boyfriends to cousins uncles um, one of our players lost her best friend when we were in Florida. We found out half hour before a game that her friend had passed in the night. And we, so we've dealt with a lot of grief, which I don't think is unique to our team. But I think when stuff like that happens, it's an opportunity for all of us to take a step back and understand, you know, listen, at the end of the day, we're very lucky. We have this, this opportunity to play the game that we love, but this is not life and death. Yeah. And I think it's important, not just with our sport and in this time in their lives, there's going to be a lot of times where you have to take a step back and, and sort of take a look at, okay, the things that I'm anxious about, the things that I'm stressed out about, are these really things that are going to matter a year from now, five years from now? Take a step back, try to think about some of the things that we've worked through personally yeah. and as a group. And that greater sense of perspective kind of allows people to exhale and and move on with it and be like you know what i can do this and and this is not as big as i'm making it and um it, it allows them to take the time to go out and just play and have fun we all started playing this game because it was fun but i think the team is just what's great about them is um I, I think i try to recruit character you know more than anything before skill ahead of anything else i think if you have good people you, you automatically have a better chance at winning yeah. And these these people are great. And to watch the kids grow and change into leaders and, and um, pull the younger ones in every year when they come in. I mean, that, I couldn't ask for anything more. Wins and losses aside, I think we're really producing some some people that take care of others, are kind and and are grateful for the opportunities that they have while working to be competitors on and off the field. So 
Um, you know, I, I, like I said, and I don't think it's any one thing that we do. I just think we yeah. are, we try to be real with each other and acknowledge life is hard. Life is hard, and and you need people to help you get through that, and and you need to support one another when when hard things happen. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. And I'm sorry that your team has been through that. And I'm sorry that they've had to, you know, endure that at such a young age, too, because that at any age, it's not easy. But, you know, suicide and and mental health that you just brought up, I mean, that hit me within the last month, too. And I just remember looking at my friend and saying to myself, like, he didn't even start living yet. You know, there's so much time you would think. So, you know, I, I do value very much the work that you do. And I love the fact that you're at Lemoyne because I get to be spoiled. So thank you for that, Tracy. Thank you for, you know, thank you for the fight on the field, but more than that, thank you for the person that you are and the way that you go about your job because you're different. And to you, it's like, Hey, you know, I am who I am and, and I'm positive and I look for solutions. You know, you live you live in your skin every day. But I think it's important to tell the people that are making a difference that they're making a difference. So hopefully, you know, you can you can take this compliment and, and put it somewhere for a rainy day. But I'm, I'm very thankful that you're at Lemoyne and I'm happy that you're in our community. I love your positivity and the way that you go about the job that you do. It is a treasure to be able to talk to someone who cares so much about your, your people, right? Your student athletes. And that goes a long way. And there's a reason why they love you the way that they do. And I'll tell you, I've been around a lot of programs, a lot of sports, a lot of teams around the country. I've never seen a team do what they did that day when they got up in unison and went over to their coach just to sit with you. I mean, you were going to be back sitting with them 10 minutes later, but they didn't want to be away from you. And like, like a moth to a flame, they they came right over. And and I think that that says a lot about your leadership and it says a lot about you. I do want to let people know that if you would like to see this team live, we have a doubleheader this Friday, April 7th, and against the University of New Haven at the softball complex at Lemoyne. So come out and see them. Game one starts at 12.30 p.m. p.m. Pardon me. Game two, right around 2.30 to follow and then we will have a doubleheader on Saturday, April 8th against Southern Connecticut State at the softball complex as well. And then on Tuesday, they'll continue to be there. So we've got a nice home stint that's going on before you head back on the road on April 15th to AIC. So a lot of great stuff coming up, bunch of doubleheaders happening between Friday, Saturday, and Tuesday. And Tracy, I can't thank you enough for all that you do. And I, I appreciate it very much. I love spotlighting softball. It's fun for me. So thanks for the work that you're doing. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate the opportunity, and I'm the lucky one, you know, to get through this and coach the greatest game in the world. In my opinion, is it's it's a blessing, and I I'm fortunate every single day. But I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. Absolutely. And the only thing that I'll ask is is that that zip up is way too cool. I got to get myself one of those. So we got to figure that out. <laughs> hey, I'll look you up. We got plenty of gear, <laughs> so I'll get you taken care of. <laughs> all right, all right. But I look forward to it, and I look forward to I'll be out this Friday, so I look forward to seeing you on Friday. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. All right. Take care. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Thanks.